Welcome to the You Lead Podcast, brought to you by the Council for School Leadership of the Alberta Teachers Association. In this episode, we bring you a breakout session from You Lead 2022 with Kevin Van Lagen. The title of this session is Revive a School, Save a Community. In 2014, enrollment in Altario School was at an all-time low. The future of both the school and community was in question. Today, Altario School is a vibrant hub of rural education. By reimagining rural education, this community school has created a student-led farm that not only teaches all things agriculture, it also has increased enrollment in the school, has grown the community, and inspired other rural schools to embrace their rural identity. You can listen to other sessions from ULEAD by subscribing to our podcast or joining us at ULEAD 2023. Anyways, thank you all for coming on, on Tuesday afternoon at 2.30. Um, my name's uh, Kevin Van Leggen, and I hope to share over the next half an hour or so, maybe a bit more, a little bit of the journey of, of one of my schools. Um, I'm a principal of two schools in the Prairie Land School Division. Uh, Alterio School, which is about 10 kilometers from, or 10 minutes from Saskatchewan uh, on Highway 12. And then I'm 50 kilometers down the road to the west of that. I'm principal in concert school as well. Uh, and yes, I go to both schools each day. It's, it gets great because I go over lunch. So I get to eat lunch every single day uninterrupted as I drive. <laughs> there's, there's something there. Um, so the story today, though, is, is, is about uh, Alterio School, uh, of which I've been principal now for eight years. Um, Sometimes I'm known as Prairie Principal on social media, uh, so you may have heard of me. That's my family. Um, I have five sons, uh, the oldest being 18 and the youngest being nine. It's a busy household, and we actually have two billet boys that live with us too as, uh, now. My poor wife, uh, she's just a saint. Uh, and, and of course, the girls seem to start coming around eventually when you have five boys as well. Um, so that, that's our family last summer, actually. We... Uh, in my school in concert, we started a baseball academy, uh, the Neutral Hills Wranglers, they're called. And out of there, we put in a AAA team for the first time uh, in our history last year. We started it last year in COVID, of all things. Um, and we actually won Tier 2 Provincials, so that was pretty exciting. And two of my sons were on the team, so that, that, was, that was pretty neat. Um, so it's just a proud moment. But Anyways, about... Uh, Ontario School. So in 2014, I, I went. I moved to Ontario. Uh, my professor at the University of Lethbridge that summer. I was doing my master's, and the professor was a superintendent of Prairie Land. And he said, "I have a job for you." And I said, "Okay." And uh, that was on Monday morning. And by Friday afternoon, we had agreed to move to a place we had never heard of in our life. And we said, "Oh, let's let's try this." My my wife has a great sense of adventure, um, and and we did that. We moved there, and we didn't know the history. We didn't know anything about. The, we just knew this was a small K to 12 school. And we had to look it up in Google where it was. Um, turns out, once I got there, I found out I was principal number six in six years. Um, so I've now outlasted all the ones before me, uh, having in, in year eight. And, uh, and the school was, was in, in a bad situation. Um, we were down to our uh, 49 students, K to 12. Um, just a turnover. Actually, that year, all the staff had left. All the teaching staff had left but one, um, either fired or just said we're out of here and and the one i kept was in her 30 something year and she's phenomenal um so and she still works for me and i'm very grateful for her uh, she kept me sane in the first year especially 
But historically, Ontario School did have a history of, of academics and high achievement and, and community involvement. And it, it just, you know, as small rural schools, it's difficult sometimes to find leadership. It's difficult to find staffing. And, and things just had kind of spiraled. And you know how that goes, right? Um, as as you uh, lose students, you lose staff, and as you lose staff, you lose programs, and and there's a sense of defeat and defeatism in the in the community, um, and the community actually had come together and said we have to do something, so they they actually bought us a house, um, so give the community credit, they bought us to, to get us there, so when the when the when the superintendent said to me on Monday morning. Um, I got a job for you and they're going to buy you a house and, and what kind of house do you want? How many bedrooms do you want? And he's on the phone talking to the community um, to get us. And, and they, they did bring us in a, a home. It was a, it was a mobile home, but it was beautiful. And we did live there for a couple of years until our boys started to get bigger and, and we needed more room. Um, so the community was ready for change, which is a great place to be as a new principal. You, you have an opportunity um, to do something special. In, uh, as we started to, to be there and started to do school well. Um, and the community started to buy in a little bit to what we were doing in the, in the building. We were, you know, doing the field trips, the good teaching, the good learning, the, the relationships, uh, just the stuff that we all do uh, as, as educators. About uh, in our third year in 2017, at a parent council meeting, actually, uh, a parent brought up and said, you know, we're really excited about what you're doing with the school. Can we have a conversation, a bigger conversation, about what it means for our community? And can we start looking at our community as well? Um, so we brought in uh, this graphic recorder, and we had a conversation first with our, our students in the afternoon. And we said, what would you want to know about Ontario, hear about Ontario in the news uh, 10 years from now? And uh, kids are great. They dream big. And I, I think there's a Costco on there and like some crazy ideas, but um, they also had some good ideas. And it was good because at night when the community came together, they saw what the kids had dreamed of. And it, it actually set them on a very positive pathway as well. Now, one of the recurring themes in, in this graphic organizer was agriculture, agriculture, agriculture. So we decided to try to go ahead and make agriculture happen. So this is, uh, was a skating rink. It had been abandoned for about 20 to 30 years just because there was no one to take care of it, an outdoor rink. And uh, we decided to put it, change it into a, a community garden. That was our first step. Uh, we, that's an Audrey Hepburn quote there, to plant a garden is to believe in tomorrow. We said, okay, we're going to try to turn this around. That, that skating rink was just a symbol of what kind of had happened in the school, right? And I'm sorry, it's a bad picture, but it's the only one I have. And all we did with it at that point was, it was our muster point for fire alarms. <laughs> Go to the rink. <laughs> so so we, we changed it. Um, actually, it's five years ago today. Uh, I got it on my, my, my secretary. Actually, it came up on our memories that we installed a water line so we could water this garden. So, so this is what everything that's happened since then is, is five years from there. Um, so we changed that into a community garden. And then in the, in the fall of, of 2018, or no, actually, I'm sorry, in, in, in May of 2018, we were having a conversation with the staff about what else could we do with this agriculture theme. We had students that wanted to get into agriculture. Um, all of them were going to Olds for egg management. Great program, but they had no idea why, just besides I want to farm, right? That, that was their reason. And I'd say, well, why egg management? I don't know, my dad took it, my brother took it, whoever took it. Um, so we were like, okay, let's try to expand and, and, and teach them more about agriculture. 
So we planned four theme days for the 2018-2019 year around agriculture, like harvesting, and we're going to bring in speakers. And, and we did. We had a, like a guy came in with his sheepdogs and brought some sheep, and he herded them through goalposts and, and you know, just that kind of stuff, did some roping. And, but then I had this idea that maybe we should get a school steer. Uh, and I live fairly close to the school on an acreage at this point. Um, by the way, I was going to stay in Ontario for three years. It's eight years. Don't do three-year plans. Um, and now I own an acreage for some odd reason. And, and my kids have lots of animals that they make money off and dad pays the bills. But, um, so I, I said, let's, let's have this steer. And I, and I actually brought it to parent council and I said, I'm thinking of having this steer at my, at my house along with my kids, 4-H steers, steers, and we're called the school steer. And I'll, I'll, I'll have the kids out a couple, you know, every two weeks and we'll go through it and I'll teach them about it. And parent council said, well, why don't you just put it in the community garden here at school? I said, okay, <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, and the Ag Society said, we'll give you the money. So they gave us $3,000, and we put that shelter in, and, and a local farmer put in the post, and we put our fence in, and our trustee actually donated a steer. And, and we were off in, in, in August of, of 2018. We're going to raise steers. And, and it was kind of uh, this full confession here. I didn't really think too hard about this, and it's probably why I did it. Um, so in August, we're sitting at the principal meeting and we're talking about what we're going to do this year. And I was the last one to go and I'm sitting beside the superintendent and I said, um, yeah, I'm going to raise a couple steers in the school playground. <laughs> and it was funny. Half the room was like, oh, but what about safety and insurance? And, 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 you know, and who's going to take care of them on the weekends? What? And the other half was like, cool. And I went, uh oh, and I looked at the superintendent and, and our superintendent's a great guy. And, and he's, he's kind of calm and he sat there and he says, you know, Man, can you imagine going to school and doing chores and taking care of animals? Talk about learning. He goes, figure out those other details, would you? But great job. And I'm like, oh, phew. So we raised the steer, and, and instantly we got uh, resistance. Number one resistor was the janitor, right? There's manure on the floor in the school. And the janitor, as a small town, is related to everybody. So I, the older generation... We're up. Why are we having steers at school? There's no need for this. And, but then the kids fell in love with the steers, and then that, those were their grandkids, right? So they started to come on side. So that, that first year, we, we did this, and it was going well. And in February of 2019, I was scrolling through Facebook, and I saw ads for barns. That, they, they come in two pieces, and they plop them down. So I said, oh, maybe we should get a barn. Um, so I, I texted a few parents. I said, you think we should get a barn? They're like, yeah, let's get a barn. I said, okay. Well, let's go to the board and ask if we can have a barn. Um, so we went to the board and uh, in March made a presentation about what we wanted to do with agriculture and, and our board. Five hours later, the superintendent texted me and says, go ahead and buy your barn. Uh, so the board gave us $38,000 to purchase this barn, which we did. We had it there in May, and then I realized I needed a permit. I got the permit. Um, <laughs> so we had an open house. Uh, and it was, it, was, it was great. We actually we did an open house, and we had a barn dance because there was no animals in the barn yet. That was a lot of fun, and we had food, and we did, the kids showed off some of the work they'd done in agriculture. And then we ended with an auction. You may recognize, may not, this fellow right here. He's our MLA. He's also now the agriculture minister, so that was a good connection. Um, he's actually been extremely supportive of us and, and personally has donated to our, to our program. But, so we have this auction, that, and I'm nervous about this auction. I'm thinking, I don't know exactly where the community's at on, on how excited they are about this whole program, and, and we're going to really see. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping for like a 4-H type sale where you know, maybe we can get about five, dollars $7,000 for this, for this steer. Anyways, we, we sold it for $39,585. 
yeah and it was just it was so cool they, they they kept on buying it and they donate it back and they buy it and they donate it back and funny our, our superintendent is not an agriculture person at all and he didn't realize that steers were sold by the pound so when he heard 585 he thought it was being sold for 585 dollars He's like, I, we got a bid on this. This is not enough. And people are like, no, hold your arms down. <laughs> that was 585 times 1350, 1350 pounds. And um, so it was, it was a lot of fun that night. Actually, more people donated as well that night. And so we collected over $50,000 uh, to really get our, our program off and running. Um, so what I'd like to take you to now is, is today, uh, about are we three years later and where are we at so so we now have a, a student-led farm um, so each uh, September we post positions their leadership positions on the farm and students have to submit resumes and go through an interview process and, and then we hire them into different positions and, and they all get hired into something and if there's not enough positions we make positions to make sure they're on there okay um, but it's really good, and then every, they're responsible for that part of their farm. So we have, a, we have a general manager, we have an assistant general manager, and then we have managers of different parts of the farm. Um, it's, it's set up like a Hutterite colony, honestly, is really what we've done. But uh, they're, they're very passionate about it, and this is for grades 7 through 12 that can apply. Um, those students, as leaders, are responsible, so let's say, for our sheep. The sheep manager, a week at a time, finds students in grades 1 through 6 to help her do the chores. So they do it a week at a time. So when, when our students come to school in the morning, they gather at the back of the school and they go and do chores. It takes about 15 minutes to do all the chores. And then we actually eat breakfast as a school and then we start our day. So it's a great way to start, to start the day. Um, and these students, uh, every two weeks, they have board meetings and they make motions and they, they handle the finances, they handle the decisions. Um, sometimes I have to veto them. This year they kind of got on a on a bandwagon of we can't spend any money because we don't have a ton of money in the bank. And I'd be like, well, you don't know farming. <laughs> farming only makes money a little bit in a year, so you got to spend some money, right? So, so every now and then I do have to step in and help them. But overall, they, they do a, a phenomenal job, actually. Um, so you can see some of the things. We have actually our own brand, Ontario Ag Agriculture Education. We have sheep. We have turkeys, which is an issue right now because of the avian flu. They were all supposed to go to the butcher this week, and we can't send them to the butcher so now we're having a butchering party at school on Thursday because <laughs> we don't know what else to do. <laughs> People are just like, take our turkeys. Um, we have cow-calves. We, we still have the steers. And we actually added a, I don't have a picture of it, we added a second steer pen for students that live in town um, so they can do 4-H. Uh, otherwise, they wouldn't be able to. So that works out really nicely. Um, we do a residency program with our students where we take them out into the hills and we live in the hills for like three days and it's what's on your plate and we go tour crops and feedlots and, and they make all their own food. Um, we added pigs. So here's an example. Uh, we got bottle lambs from Lakeland College a couple years ago and we raised them up and we, had, we bought a few other sheep and we had about 10 sheep and the students were concerned we had too many sheep. So I was gone one day and I came back the next day and they said, hey, guess what, Mr. V Mr. VL? We traded four sheep for six pigs. I said, so now we're in the pig business, are we? Yes, we are. I'm like, okay, I better build you a pen. Um, so we got pigs now. We got them butchered. We have quail. We, we, we sell quail eggs. It's, it's kind of fun. Um, and then we have laying hens. And the newest thing we have in the center there is it's, a gro uh, it's called Grocer. It's a food modular. You can see it in the middle. Um, we actually are planting our very first crop today. It's happening. Uh, that, it's hydroponics. That 
sea can, for lack of a better term, can grow fresh, fresh produce year-round for 150 families. So it's pretty sweet. We got a grant because our closest grocery store is 50 kilometers away. And, uh, and they saw our agriculture program and they said, this is, this is great. So we'll be able to grow fresh produce. So for the students who are not interested in animals, we have the horticulture side. Uh, we have bees. Four, five, sixes love the bees. So we get honey, that kind of thing um, out of them. There's some of our product that we, we get butchered. Of course, we have to get it all inspected, except for the turkeys this week. You're allowed to sell them live. So we're selling them live. And then we said, and then we'll butcher them and give them to you. Um, so we, just, we have to get rid of them. Uh, so this all led to, we kind, of, we kind of started running into an issue of we, we're, we're producing this, how are we going to sell it? So we, we made a little store in the school that the students run. Um, so again, different students who are not interested in the farm, but are inter- interested in, in, in sales and whatnot. And, and in that store, we sell the school product. We sell a product that our kids uh, have from their own little entrepreneurial endeavors. And we allow local micro-businesses to sell in there as well. Um, we have a growing Ukrainian population, um, which is awesome. We've often had temporary foreign workers in the community. And I spoke with them and a few other farmers. And I said, instead of bringing single guys in, would you mind bringing in some families? Um, and they actually did. And what happened is they, they're very happy because the 35-year-old family people coming in are much better employees than 20-year-olds that are coming for an experience, right? And, and so these Ukrainians are coming, and, and we've really tried to include them in the school. And quite honestly, the, the kids love the school, um, and the dads have great jobs, and the moms are happy because dads and kids are happy. So we really worked with them on, on creating these micro-businesses and giving them space in the school so they have their own sense of purpose and, and you know outside of just their family um so on the very right there that's that's ukrainian baking um that that they bring in and, and it's great uh they, they make some really amazing food um so we created this store call it the hive um and we do some really crazy things like in the top left that's castration of, of a, a bull calf on the right that's that's actually one of my sons preg checking the cow um, and she's pregnant. She's supposed to have a baby here in about two weeks. So, so that's exciting. And, and these kids love it. They're, they're so excited, right? Like, I got to protect the cow. I can feel the baby. It was so cool. Um, so they, they, uh, they do those kind of things. This past, uh, I think it was last week, week ago yesterday, we had an open house um, to tour our new grocer because it's a biologically controlled, right? So once, it's, once we're growing in there, you can't have all kinds of people in there. And uh, so we said, we're going we're gonna, to you know, tour the uh, people through and uh, we're going like, to celebrate. We're going to do some, some pretty special things here. So over 300 people came and, and some people from in this room even came to, to, and from quite a distance and, and to look. So our students led everyone that came through. They were waiting at the doors and they, uh, they're there touring the agriculture minister through. Um, they led all the students through or all the guests through on tours. Adults did no touring. Um, and we did that on purpose because we wanted to show that our, our students are into this. And without, I, I never heard a complaint. All I heard is, wow, your students are so proud of this program. Your students are so proud of their school. They know their stuff. They're like passionate and they're engaged. And, and it's true. Um, I, I actually, I don't do discipline in the school at all. I don't, I don't do an hour of discipline a year. 
all of our doors are unlocked. All of our doors are open. It's the school. It's the kids' school. Um, this barn is never locked. And, and I'll, I'll walk by at 8 o'clock at night, and there'll be kids there hanging out and doing stuff with animals. And um, they just love the building. They love the place. And, and it's become their school. So we did that. And then we, I, I felt personally that we hadn't gone back far enough. So we, we were trying to embrace agriculture, and we were trying to embrace our heritage. And I thought, you know what? I'm, we're not teaching about the First Nations that were here before us. So we really did that on our open house. Uh, we had a teepee raising ceremony the day before for so, just for some local people. We had elders that came. Um, we had traditional dance. Uh, it was amazing uh, and, and so exciting. Um, and then we actually got a, a Cree name from Elder Russell Joseph. So uh, Mule Deer Haven Hills. Shimius Apsimosis Washis, I think. <laughs> Every time I call him, I say, am I doing it right yet? I'm close. Um, but what an honor and, and so special, right, to be able to do that. So, so that was very um, meaningful, the students and the community. And, and let's be honest, uh, I, I live in the middle of rural conservative Alberta, and the community embraced it, and they were so excited. And it really became evident. At the end of the night, we said, uh, let's have a round dance. And... It was so special to have First Nations children and elders, uh, Ukrainians, new immigrants. We also have some from South Africa. And then gener- multi-generational Canadian farm, farm ranchers, 70, 75 years old, all joined hands and, and had this round dance. Um, one of the most uh, profound moments in my leadership career, I'll be honest with you, uh, that we came together that way. So the title of my topic is, is really Revive a School and Save a Community. Um, now we met again last year and we did this again because we've accomplished most of the first one um, and, and so we have some big big plans and some of them have happened you know at a greenhouse well we added a, the sea can um, we added a store we've done a few of those things since then uh, but we're at a sp- point in the community now where we we really believe some pretty cool things can happen so numbers um, 2014, 49 students, lowest ever. And we're actually, I did the projections that first year was principal. And within five years, we're supposed to be down to 33 and go lower. And for the rural principals in the building, we know 35 is that magic number, uh, right? So uh, concerning, it wasn't at that point, but it is now. Anyways, we're at 67 students this year. Um, every, at least once a month, I get a phone call from families saying, hey, can you have anything for sale in that area or rent that we can move? And we don't, we're out of housing <laughs> Like it's, it's a weird phenomenon. Uh, so now we are looking at creating lots and, um, you know, hopefully we can have some new builds in the community. Uh, 2014, the little hamlet of Ontario that where the school is situated had about, I think it was 17 or 18 people. And I say less than 20 cause I don't remember exactly, but I know we had one student in town. The rest were all bust in. Um, and today we're up over 40 stu- uh, citizens and, and we have 14 children living in town. A lot of it's from the Ukrainians, um, not all, but uh, the town itself, like when, when you used to go through town in the evenings, it was just dead, like there was nothing, you, you didn't hear a word, and uh, now my wife, she goes for a run, it's about a three kilometer run back and forth, and it takes her, you know, between a half an hour and two hours, because it depends how many people are on the streets, right, like, and how many kids stop her and talk to her, and after two hours, I go looking, <laughs> but it's kind of like, oh, I see you in a bit, I don't have no idea when I'm going to see you, um, and, and the, the town itself, we've, uh, so we had a new duplex that's been built, uh, we had a new home built, 
we had a couple duplex or duplex and two homes renovated. And you have to remember there were no new buildings in that town for over 40 years. So, so that's significant, right? I mean, some towns like, well, who you built a house? Yeah, no, no, no. We hadn't built a house in 40 years. So yeah, this is a big deal. Um, and then we have these new businesses. Smachno is a uh, Ukrainian. They, they, uh, make like frozen pierogies and cabbage rolls and so good, uh, tasty treats, a little bakery. We have a, a, a private daycare that's been started. Um, so, so that works out really, really well. We, before that, again, it was 50 kilometers to the local, the closest daycare. Um, and then the hive being the, the school store. So, so the, the community itself has, has revived. It's, it's exciting place to be. Um, and, and it really, it started from the school outwards. Um, and it started really took off when, when we embraced agriculture um, and, and did this farm program. Um, each part of our, of our farm has a mentor, a local mentor. So the steers are mentored by Craig. Um, the turkeys are mentored by Darren. And, and I've set that up on purpose. So when I leave, it continues. Um, and, but it keeps the community involved, right? And the community is very, very invested uh, in their school. And, and, you know, we see adults again thankfully <laughs> now they're kind of getting past covid but um but they're they're in they're involved they're in the building and our, our sheet manager her name's wendy um and she was so excited she called me on a sunday night she was the best thing just happened to me a student called me and his sheep was lambing and he had questions and he wanted to know what to do and she was just ec ecstatic about that that the 17 year old boy had called her and, and said hey how do i how do i take care of this third lamb that just got born um <laughs> so uh yeah we've, we've built a relationship back with the community with the school with the students and uh done something i think pretty special there i told you i'd do it in about a half an hour I did it in 25 minutes um but uh, that's the quick overview uh, of what we've done uh, in ontario school and and uh, what we've done for both school and community that's it for this edition of the you lead podcast for more information on the Council for School Leadership, please visit our website at atacsl.ca.